0: And it's buried in top
1: Campana, and again.
0: No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again.
2: The Herons are back. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to episode 33 of Battered Herons. It's a little, a little mishap there. I, I don't know where I went for a second. Uh welcome to episode number 33. I am your host Daniel Granada. Gonna toss it over to Chris while I set myself up again because I just threw myself off. How you doing, Chris?
1: Yeah, yeah, man. And it's uh it's Wu-Tang Wednesday like every other Wednesday. Uh and luckily for today's episode, we have a very special guest, mm-hmm. one half of Football Miami TV. You can find them on Twitter and YouTube. And thank thankfully we have Peter Brown on the show with us. Peter, how are you, man? Great. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: You
2: can catch what you're on every Sunday at was at seven or eight o'clock?
0: Every Sunday nights at 7 p.m. We we do a live show similar to yours. And uh yeah, we have some fun. I I was was rocking
2: my Miami Fusion jersey in honor of peter brown because i know he is one of the ogs and we're going to get into that in a second but before we do i wanted to talk valentine's day because it it's valentine's day yesterday it's a very special day spent it with my wife chris i know you spent it with yours peter brown i'm not sure if you have a significant other you my wife so happy valentine's day to everybody except for phil neville because apparently he hates love Oh, What's up with that Chris? Why does he hate Valentine's Day? Uh I, I don't get it. I mean, well he, I
1: think on the tweet he mentioned that it should be every single day. Uh I think it's that
2: grumpy English thing, no?
1: I think it might be. I mean, what do you think, Peter? I mean, he just completely hates on uh, Valentine's Day here.
0: So I didn't hear the what he said, but I'm going to go on a limb and say maybe he's saying something like why are we celebrating one day the love of your life when you should be celebrating that every day? Your woman is worth being celebrated every day. Why are you buying her flowers and, and, and chocolates on that one day of the year, you know, and kissing her butt that one day of the year? Give her a little love all year. And 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 then you don't need to do so much on on that one
2: day. I think he just sounds like a grumpy Englishman honestly. I I, I just don't get it.
0: <laughs> Why? He
2: should be saying this every he should curse Valentine's Day every day of the year if that's the case. I I am all into Valentine's Day. I'm all into special occasions and that just struck me as kind of weird. Another special occasion. Happy birthday Pizarro. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. sure how old he is. Hopefully this is the last birthday he spends with us though. Ooh. No offense Pizarro. Hey, it's A chance,
0: um, it, chance to do something to, to to revitalize his career to make the whole thing worthwhile hey look you know i i i'm sorry if i take this show on tangents that's kind of what i do no but that's but, fine but iguain sucked except for that last year so you know maybe pizarro's got that chance he's he's got a chance to redeem himself well yeah, i think if the
1: I, I think that if there's like, like I mentioned in, in another episode, I think if there's any time that he can be able to redeem himself, it's it's right now, right? I, especially since he legitimately is down in the dumps in terms of being favored on this team. So, and now that and not here, I'm pretty sure he's starting to understand, hey, I can I can make a big difference on this team. I mean, what do you think, Danny? I mean, do you think that Pizarro is just... Uh, Staying here rent free for the year, and that's it. I well,
2: I like to think, that, a lot. I, yeah, he's cost, he cost very much <laughs> a lot. He cost us $12 million to get him over here. Now, I, I don't, I'd like to think that whenever a player hits the pitch, they're gonna bust their ass and try their hardest always. But I think because he had such a rough go in Mexico, he's coming out with a point to prove. One of the things that we always said about him was not only does he just stand on the ball and just runs around in circles. But he doesn't track back on defense a lot right he's not box to box and I think you might see a little more effort out of him this year because he has something to prove not only does he have a reputation to save but I mean if he wants a big contract coming up next year probably not from us but from anyone he's gonna have to prove something on the field this year so I definitely think he has something to prove and like you said this is the perfect time to do it he's been All humbled right. so he oh, for a hundred percent he' been humbled. I hopefully we see that that stupid smile celebration thing. He does a little more this year. All right. So Peter Brown. Yes, sir. I watch. And if you if anybody listening doesn't football, Miami TV every Sunday, I usually catch the replays because Sundays I'm usually out with the family. But we watch you guys all the time. And I was talking to Chris just not too long ago about how you guys are often bringing up how you guys were into this 20 years ago. You were in supporters groups. You guys were pushing for teams. We had the fusion. You were involved with that. They left. You kept pushing for teams. But you guys never really dive into it, at least not recently, because I just started to watch you guys not too long ago. So maybe in the past you did, but not recently. So we were talking, and we we wanted to have you on because we kind of wanted to get that backstory. because I don't know how how long it's been since you told it, and I don't know how many people actually know, you know, the South Florida history of soccer. And I know you're probably one of the better people to – Talk about that than with anybody else. So I wanted to see if maybe you can give us a little history lesson.
0: Yeah, I think we probably don't talk about it too too much because we just assume people, you know, at least that are been with us a while have already have heard it uh, a course. bunch of times. Right, right. But yeah, you know, if you think about the history of soccer though in South Florida, the first thing is I used to always just kind of envision uh, there's there's a graveyard with a bunch of tombstones with a bunch of team names on them. You know, from from you know from the. You're so yeah. right. Toros to you know to, to the Strikers to you know on And on and on you know to the you know, Gatos before the beginning of that But I started off just being a, a fan Of the Fort Lauderdale Strikers in the 70s I'm a lot older than you guys probably And uh, you know So as a kid grew up watching that That died right then we get The Fusion your beautiful shirt you're wearing Daniel but uh, Which got Right here as well there you go. Um, I brought props. We should bring that back. We should it. bring it like on a retro night. That I got would be thoughts fantastic. on that. I got thoughts on that. It'll yeah. never happen with the fusion. I don't think, but um, <laughs> it should happen with the Strikers. They should buy the Strikers name. It's dirt cheap. Uh, the guy from Tampa, at last I heard, still owns it. Uh, Bill Edwards, and so you know, buy that Strikers and use the Strikers. They're never going to admit their failures with the fusion, so that's gone. I think that name's dead and buried. But, anyways, but, but whose failures? It's not Jorge Mas's failure. No, 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 the leagues.
2: Oh,
0: wow. the league. Got you. Understood. They you. don't ever All talk right. about the fusion or the mutiny. So, you know,
2: but,
1: but um, you know, and we won the
0: supporter shield too. I know.
1: And mm. and it's funny because you know one of the things that that Danny and I sort of speak a lot about is that I'm very new to the sport. I just got into this sport just about okay. a year and a half ago. Uh, became a you know a supporter with Danny and and decided to start going to mm-hmm. games. My family and I we love going to games. It's a very awesome environment. I've always heard of the Fusion, right? And and yeah. that's the one team that sort of stood out in history, uh, at least to me. But I really didn't know too much about it. I mean, I I started doing some research, and there were teams even before that. And so I just wanted to know, like, how far back do you think a strong support system was in place?
0: for local teams here in South Florida. So there was a strong supporters club group with the, uh, uh, with the fusion, with the Miami fusion. <clears throat> I wanted to call it Fort Lauderdale fusion. Cause that's what it yeah. probably should have been called. Yeah. But um, you know, they, they were the fanaticos. I, it wasn't quite what it is today, but that's what they call themselves. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I, I wasn't a part of that. You know, I, I, I tried to join in once and, and I think, I might have a similar problem today uh, yeah. as I did then, in that yeah. it was only Spanish, and I don't okay. speak Spanish, and I did not feel welcomed. Whereas this group, I maybe because I know and I helped build it, um, yeah. I feel welcomed, right? But back then I didn't, and it wasn't that they weren't friendly. They handed me the sheet with the lyrics on it. They were friendly. I just didn't understand. So I went <laughs> back to the, I went back to like the east or the west side, but. But that and again that died off. And so, you know, 2001 that kind of died off and then it left a lot of us just looking, right? And then yeah. and then a few years later Miami FC turns up. And it's yeah. the the not the current Miami FC, but the original this Miami FC right here. Ah, TVs, look at this guy, Miami look at FC. this
2: guy. And and, and
0: and and my Miami keep going, FC,
2: tell me you have some of you have that Miami FC jersey that has all the all the the the, the neighborhood names like Kendall, Brickle, Lo Havana. Did you did you get that jersey from a couple of years ago?
0: Well, that's the newer Miami FC. Yeah. Oh, you don't no. you never got involved with that Miami FC. No, I did. And I have a I have a handful of jerseys. I I got to, that was he couldn't
1: bring the whole closet out. You know, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. at that point, he's taken out a mobile closet. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just it. impressed at how a
2: few old jerseys. How, how much he uh, supports all the South Florida soccer teams. Yeah. But,
0: you know, with with Miami FC, you know, like I said, there was a supporters group with with uh, um, Miami Fusion, but there really wasn't one with Miami FC. And it was never my intent to create a supporters club because I created the first one. Of this newer, you know, these newer teams. I didn't. I wasn't involved with the Miami Fusion uh, uh, supporters. But the way it all happened was just kind of funny. I created a website. I was learning about websites, and I was I was writing about the team, just playing around. And I do graphics, so I created a logo that said Supporters Club on it, just goofing around, did not knowing that anybody could find this website. It wasn't promoting it. It was it was one of those earlier websites that had a very long URL and you couldn't find it. But somebody did find it, and they asked me. (laughs) Where do I join? And so my answer was join what? And that guy was Julio uh, Caballero, who is kind of really the godfather of, of of all this down down here. the the guy that never lost hope and pushed and prodded. But and uh, so he and I even create the Miami Ultras. And and it, sometimes those two, three, four guys, and that's it. And but it grew a little bit. We used to do MLS watch parties, and it was just me and him that would show up. <laughs> it <was> just, nobody <laughs> cared nobody cared but uh, right but you know it was what we what we bonded over wanting to see live soccer and also wanting to push to help to do whatever we could to bring mls back and so we did that and like i said julio is like i don't know like an attack dog with this kind of stuff he starts reaching out to any Miami millionaire, billionaire he could find. He makes contacts even and, and uh, becomes friendly with Marcelo Cloré. And, and they start talking. And next thing you know, um, you know, Cloré is putting in a bid to, to try to bring um, MLS with uh, Barcelona. And so we were behind all that. And so, so we started off as Miami Ultras, but then we also kind of splintered off and just called it the MLS Miami bid. And that yeah. was that's all it was, and and that was a group. I don't of know, what people time went. was that? That was two thousand five, six, something like that. That's, well, okay,
1: that's efficient though. That's straight to the point. You know, yeah. we're here for this. We're 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 trying to get that. We're trying to yeah. get a Miami team. You know, back on back on the
0: map. I mean, we were we were you know this right here MLS Miami. This is the this is the scarf that we put on. We're well, not the same. It sucks exact scarf, yeah. but one of the. You know that we put on uh, Beckham when he was, when he came. They put on one that, like this for him. Oh, nice! And gave it to him. Yeah, you know, there's pictures of of Julio and a few other guys and Ed, my co-host, standing with Beckham wearing that scarf. But you know the thing was there was a lot of fans that just kind of wanted MLS. But what we were trying to do is do the work. We were out there. We had contacts in MLS, and so they printed up a bunch of flyers and gave them to us. We went to parks. We anytime there was there was a um a, a soccer festival of any kind we were out there passing out mls miami bid flyers yeah you, trying to get dr- the community involved drumming up and we were we they even bought us tickets to an fiu football match oh, and nice. and and we went to the stadium and we're passing them out in the stadium we're doing the leg work we were Marcelo clore's like guerrilla marketing you know and uh um uh, You know, he, I'm trying to pick up stuff because we even made this scarf, you know, because we thought we were going to be a, oops, where is that? It's hard to tell. In 2010, we made this scarf because we thought we were going to be Barcelona, Miami. Oh,
2: just a decade off.
0: Yeah. We, we, because he was trying to partner with, with, uh, Barcelona. And we were really close. We went. I was there at the announcement. You know, met Laporta and all that. And uh, it, that fell apart because the economy crashed. But you know, we kept pushing, and like some of us kind of gave up hope here and there. But someone like Julio never did. And so you know, we just kept building, and eventually we formed into the Southern Legion. I know I'm going on and on and on. No,
1: no, no. Go go but for this it. Is, But you want. know what? I I feel like this is interesting because. At the end of the day, I feel like whether you're an older fan of of local, you know, soccer or a person like myself, you know, this kind of stuff, it's nice to hear because you start to really get an idea of the fandom down here in South Florida. I mean, you just mentioned it yourself, right, where, you know, there's a lot of people that were losing hope, but then you have a, a really strong group of people that decided, Hey, I'm, I'm in this knee deep and, and I want to make this happen. And it, it sort of builds a community within a community, but you're not being exclusive. You're trying right. to get as much uh, people in, included as possible.
0: You know, and at one point, even I lost some hope with it. Yeah. And, and I can because, imagine. You know, we were also, I was supporting I, my, at the end of the day, I want to see live soccer in my community, the highest level there is. Right. And at that time, it was Miami FC and then, and that became the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, we, you know, we got that. Um, <laughs> actually, it's not that version. It, that's well, the, and the old school version. And that's,
1: that's one of the things that sort of attracted me as, oh, that's a nice jersey right there. Yeah. And that's one of the things that to me as a casual fan attracted me in terms of what Inter Miami fandom has to offer is that. It it does feel inclusive. It feels like you know everybody wants you to be part of the community. Everybody wants to have a good time. You know, it's all about the you know, it's all about the feels when you're in the park and stuff. Yeah. Because that's what really got me at first. It wasn't necessarily the. I mean, luckily I went to a game where we kicked ass five to one. It helps. But but yeah, yeah that's what sure. got him. In it, yep. Yeah, but, you know, the one thing that I I took in was just the whole environment, and then the first thing I did was, and I hated soccer, right? And I called my wife, and I said, hey, we got to go to another, we got to go to a game. You got to come with me. She came with me. She fell in love with it. My son came with me, and he fell in love with it. And so, like, I feel like there's so many people out there that potentially could be really, really strong fans and supporters of the team. You know, we just got to make sure to sort of, Wrang, wrangle them up and bring them in, you know?
0: And I feel yeah, like that so, the
2: supporters groups do that. So Southern Legion started with, with you guys?
0: Yeah. we The whole supporters culture around Inter Miami, not to sound like egotistical or whatever, started with us. Yeah. It started with like three, four guys that grew out from there. It was all Southern Legion at one point. And just like, you know, anything, people can't get along. People have different visions and it splinters. And then it splinters again. And then maybe even a third or fourth time it keeps splintering, you know, so right, right, right. Um, which is not a bad thing, right? Cause it's not having, you know, it's okay to have one strong one, but there's nothing wrong with having multiple uh, groups that have different, you know, angles, you know, they're a different thing that they kind of focus on, you know, but, but yeah, we, we, we were, we were the ones that were really pushing for MLS to come to Miami in, in every step of the way, doing whatever work we had to do to get it done. Not, not Nothing wrong with coming in at the last minute, but we did have a little bit of a pride to say that we helped bring it. Because there was a point where Marcelo Cloré was giving up. And this is around the time, well, a few, it almost happened a couple times, but the biggest time was just before Jorge Mas comes in. The deal was done. It was dead. And he was getting ready to give up. And, 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 you know, the league came to him and said, just give it one more shot. Let's, let's just stick it out a little bit longer. Let's see if we could find you a strong local owner. Cause Marcelo Clore at that time was not considered really a local owner. He was, I think at this point, I think he might've been living in Kansas city as he was the uh, CEO of sprint. Um, and, and so Jorge Moss comes in and saves the day. This thing was dead. And, and, you know, we were, you know, people, you know, like, Uh, Julio, who's got the ear of Jorge and has the ear of um, Marcelo, is just in their ears saying, don't give up, don't give up, don't give up. And I don't know how much that plays a part in the big picture, but we're doing whatever we could do. I mean, we don't have the money, so whatever we're doing is just in people's ears a little bit.
1: Well, and I think any and, little bit I think any little bit makes a, a a difference, you know, whether whether you're you're in the pockets or whether you're in the ears, you know, you're whatever you're doing, it's showing, you know, or whatever anybody is doing to show support and to show hey, we got to make this happen. A, a little bit of that is is definitely
2: going to make a difference. No, Danny? Yeah, for sure. Um so at what point was it that you guys finally got it going? Was it 20 what 15, 16? i can't remember exactly that that you guys found out okay we're gonna get a team
0: oh geez i don't even remember years i'm bad with years at all the only reason i know some of these other years is because we printed them on it's on a scarf (laughs) (laughs) because the thing is i
2: remember i i got into clubs i wanted to get into mls but i need a rooting interest right and it was 2013 and i was like okay i can't watch it unless i'm rooting for somebody and I remember in 2015, there was going to be two new teams, Orlando and NYCFC. I'm originally from New York. So either I had to root for New York or Orlando. Those are the new teams. Sure. And I decided against Orlando, and I went NYCFC. I went NYCFC. I rooted for them, I want to say, two or three years. And then I found out Miami was going to get a team. And then I was like, I'm all in on Miami. So, th- yeah, that, so that's kind of the...
0: We knew, I mean, we we, can, we had a hashtag on our T-shirts, and eventually we had to change it. Uh, it was, you know, hashtag on the, the Southern Legion t-shirts that we would make hashtag MLS 20, hashtag MLS 21, hashtag MLS 22, because it kept, <laughs> so we kept thinking we're going to be the next team. Then it was Orlando, then yeah. it was New York. And then it was, you know, you name it. it and, and it wasn't us. And eventually we just, Atlanta. called it ML- we called, we coined the phrase, I think MLS next before MLS did. We used oh, nice it. It's stuff. on some of our t-shirts where it says MLS next because we just couldn't keep printing up T-shirts with random year, uh, years that just don't happen.
1: Yeah, it's either but, that or you're taking some tape and you're just putting it right over the number. And not hopefully- years,
0: but, th- yeah, they were team number. You're know, the 21st team, the 30th team, or yeah. whatever the number was. Yeah. But it just wasn't happening. So, so Southern Legion, Vice City is obviously the biggest supporters group now. Yeah.
2: And then Southern – are you still involved with Southern Legion?
0: Yeah, more so like as kind of the the guy that just shows up once in a while, shakes some hands, and then you know, grab a beer, talks a about the old days, has a beer, and then leaves. I got I got to the point point in where we felt like we did our job. We we did everything we could to help bring the team to to introduce. I don't want to say the supporters culture because that's. Well, you we, you helped you helped, helped sort of facilitate groom it. it. You helped, helped groom the right we helped us start it and, and we'd kind of, some of us, me and Ed, for example, did our job and, and uh, you know, now we're just kind of the, the old men of Southern Legion. We just kind of hang around a little bit. I sit, I don't sit in the supporters club anymore. I'm 53 years old, man. I'm too old for that. So uh, you know, Hey, I look, I don't sit
2: in the supporters group side either. And I don't know if it's cause I'm too old or I just like to sit every once in a while. I, um, you know, I, I like to, I like to sit, I go with my kids. I like them to sit. Yeah. So um but i've gone over there right we have some friends over Vice city and it's it's definitely fun but i mean i like to sit down every once in a while you know
0: but yeah you know those guys in vice city they were part of southern legion at one point like i said and and it's just they they wanted to do things a little more radical argentinian style and we were kind of more of we wanted to be a little more all-encompassing including more you know including you know we wanted to have visions yeah, yeah, and the visions changed. We wanted to have the ability to sing an um, an English song here or there, or even if we had, you know, Haitians sing a sing a song in, in Creole or yeah, whatever. Creole. None of that's happening because it's just more Latinos over there than there are, you know. Of course, Gringos. yeah. So it's going to be whatever the 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 mass group wants the to sing. Group. Yeah, I right. think.
1: And I think that it's, I think that over time, you know, obviously, you know, groups have splintered and whatnot, but uh, the one thing that cannot be denied is, is the fact that the supporters groups are the ones that really bring the intensity that this team needs in order for it to,
2: to, to really,
1: you know, surge throughout, you know, the stands. Mm
2: -hmm. Esteban the says Peter Brown just collects the royalty checks nowadays I wish
0: I wish <laughs> just get just to get the team to notice us is a, is a challenge <laughs> so
2: uh before we move on to current day into Miami talk I wanted to throw some things your way see if you remember them and I wanted to show maybe Chris Chris didn't know that they existed either now I'm assuming you used to follow the MLS in its inception right from 96 onward
0: even if you yeah. were
2: deep in it you, you, you paid attention
0: it was funny, too, With since the MLS uh, season passes has come out, I've started to enjoy re-watching the, okay. the, the early MLS Cups. So, yeah, yeah. I was there from, from day okay. one.
2: So there's a couple of things I wanted to, to, to show you. I wanted to see what you think about them now, 25, 30 years later, and see if either one of you thinks that maybe we should want to think about bringing them back. So mm. here's the first one. If you're listening on podcasts, I apologize. You have to jump on and watch this on YouTube. Because uh, yeah, I'm gonna show some videos right now. The yeah, first so one, good old penalty shootout. We used to start at midfield. Dolly would come out, meet you halfway. Now, Chris, I don't know if you knew about this, because I don't know if you were watching it. Obviously, we weren't watching MLS back then. Would you like to see something like this in the current day MLS, Chris? I mean, I,
1: I I think it's actually a good idea. I mean, if you yeah, really think about it, it's very similar to the penalty shots in hockey. I mean, not it not is. really. You don't see the goalie from from hockey coming out like that, but you know, it's it's pretty similar. It gives, I guess, it gives the opportunity to the goalie to go ahead and and, and attack the attacker,
0: so to say. What I mean, do you what, think, what? Peter Brown? So one of the things you don't see in that video is there's also a shot clock off to the side so hey. the yeah 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 that i, I don't remember yeah the guy uh you know with the ball has a certain amount of time to get he has to get it off his feet so i don't remember what the the clock countdown was 15 seconds yeah. whatever i'm not sure but uh yeah there was a shot clock and and it was exciting I, I i see you wearing the fusion shirt i don't know how many fusion games you went to but oh okay one. Yeah, <laughs> to watch carlos
2: Rama. i moved down from new york down to miami Oh, they got a soccer team. They got Valderrama. I'm Colombian. I gotta yeah, go okay. see him. And, and and that was it though, because we lived down in Miami. It was too far of a drive for us. Sure, then.
0: sure. Yeah, no, I went to all of them. I might have missed one or two games. Um, and and it it, uh, the shootout is exciting, but. Gimmicky. You don't want to get away from what the world game is. That was the th- mm. cha- the problem. We're trying to yeah. Americanize soccer, and it just yeah. doesn't work. Soccer purists do not like it. As exciting as that was, um, you were you know biting your nails. I don't say I, I personally, I, that.
2: I'm not a fan of it. I, I would, I'm not a big fan of it. If they were, to, they're not going to obviously bring that back ever. But if that was a conversation, I would be against it because, like you said, I. It's way it takes away from the purity of Mm -hmm. what soccer is. And now that you brought that up, though, I I do want to bring one thing up. This is completely against what soccer is around the world. But I am 100% for it. And it would be technically Americanizing it. But I would love for them to get rid of draws. I would love for them to go the hockey route. You play. If that first 90 minutes ends in a draw, you go on to either OT or extra time, and then or, or PK shootout, and each team gets at least one point out of it. The winner gets two points. The person that ends up losing that that extra time or the PKs gets one point, and we just get rid of the draws because I just don't understand what the point of the draws is.
0: Wait a minute! If you lose the penalty shootout, you still get a point.
2: If you end in hockey, because I'm a hockey fan also. I watch okay. all five sports. If you end in a draw, the first three periods in hockey, yeah. you're, you're guaranteed one point for ending in a draw. Isn't that what you kind of get anyway?
0: I mean, just, but yeah. But just so, for a so draw. Then, so then you get. It's a right, heavy proposal. But, it's a heavy
2: so, proposal. All we're doing is adding a PK so that the winning team of the PK gets an extra point. Why do we both need to end up with one point? Give me a
0: victor. I guess we should just continue playing forever and ever, and just uh, have golden goal then. No, no penalty <laughs> no, shootouts. Just keep playing.
2: No, no, and, and we'll- give me the penalty shootout. So that that's enticing TV. Everybody would be on the edge of their seats. So it makes everything a little more entertaining, and we get rid of the draws.
0: Part of the problem, not to be a Debbie Downer, is they also want to to kind of put this in a two hour box. You know, TV time. So I said PKs,
2: big- PK straight shootout. That's what we're doing for the League Cup in, in the summertime. There's no draws in that League Cup. Right. You know what I and would like a- to propose? I'd like to propose that
1: if the game ends in a tie, the coaches come onto the field and shoot a PK
0: to see I, who wins. Our coach will win. He, he, you know, over <laughs> yeah. someone a like, former player. Yeah, yeah. Got it. I, okay. You know, I know a lot of people don't like Neville, but I'll take him on PKs.
2: Yes, for sure.
0: Over some of these other you know <laughs> coaches MLS coaches i mean you know R, you know r.i.p Sh- uh ziggy schmidt but that dude had like you know a basketball under his shirt oh yeah for sure that so guy's i can't imagine him bottling up to take a pk yeah
2: matches every week would be too long how long does the pk shootout take it takes like an extra 10 minutes you, and tell me that pks aren't the most entertaining extra time of any when you're sitting down in the world cup when there was France and, and uh Argentina and those PKs were going on. I was on the edge of my seat. Not caring who won really, but
0: it's it's a PK shootout. Give me another 10 minutes. But that wasn't a regular you know Wednesday night game. That was a game to in order to move on to the next level, you had to to win. We're not talking about just the uh, the Wednesday night game in the middle of the season where it really doesn't matter. People are gonna look. People don't stick around for the last ten minutes of the game, anyways, because they're afraid there's gonna be a crowd and they want to get, you know, get in their cars. I mean, this is South Florida after all. Uh,
2: Look, I I, I just hate draws. It's so (laughs) un-American. I mean,
0: but it is the purity. You get get used to it. It's the purity of
1: the sport, Danny. All right,
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, So a a couple quick ones. All right, here comes. This is an MLS. Uh, All-Star Game Skills Challenge.
0: All four this is the, the bullseye. Balls as possible. Oh, the tie breaker, The guy who hits him in the no, amount What's... of time.
2: Yeah. Now I will tell you. I watched this whole uh, coming up first, competition from here.
0: LA and from Brazil. Welton. And I'm going to tell you what I think the issue year. is here.
2: For those of you listening on on, on audio, uh, they have a bullseye in each four corner of the goalpost, and the player just has to hit four and a, they have a minute to do so. I'm going to tell you what I think the issue was here. The issue was here that the skills competition showed how little skill there was in MLS at the time because <laughs> every competitor hit the bottom two bullseyes and none of the competitors hit the top two. So oh. I think that ultimately... That's what ended up happening. They're like, you know what, this skills it's, challenge, but we're looking kind of rough in these skill challenges. Now, I they don't have what skill challenges do they have in on the in the current MLS All Star Games? I don't. Even, I'm not even sure if they have
0: any. I think they do. I think you know they've always kind of I modeled their have. skills challenges off off the NFL type of thing and stuff like that. I mean, what they should do is a, I think this would be a great skills challenge because they all play. Uh, foot tennis or footy tennis whatever you call it in their Mm. locker rooms that should be you know Uh, and you can have you know teams you know three four people however many people fit around the 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 box however however big they want to make it that's a good uh, all-star challenge i'm all for wacky all-star challenges the kind of challenges that that you used to see on tv with the uh the uh, what was the, the name of those shows where they had the celebrities doing all these kind of challenges and things like that? Uh, back in the back, was it on MTV? MTV? No, no, before what? MTV what existed. That? Oh, I'm about to say shock and jock.
2: Oh, no, then I don't go back that far. <laughs> yeah, because the shock and jock, <laughs> the shock
1: and jock on MTV is where they had a lot of celebrities play
2: Battle of the Network Stars.
0: That's what it was. Oh, Battle of the Network stars. I, I mean, doing ridiculous up. competitions. But, of course, we want to try to keep uh, some sort of uh, soccer involved with it. But anything that's nutty like that sk- – and here's the thing. Th- th- there were definitely skilled players back in those early days. Welton was a hell of a player. Uh, mm-hmm. But to your point, they are better today. So I think they for would sure. do a better job with that. Because with that. I know that one of the things that they practice with a lot of teams is hitting the crossbar. They actually yes, try yes. to hit the crossbar. So yes, I think they do team, that for fun now. Right.
1: So I think they'd be good at that. That's actually right, a well, skills I, challenge that I did see in the
2: most recent All-Star <laughs> game for MLS. So, I I got a wacky for you. you. You want to see wacky, I got a wacky for you right here.
0: So they are. Look at Zach. Like
2: the here we got Six goalie seconds wars to put it back those back on audio. The goalies are just standing in front of each other. Just scoring Very smart to get other. the hands
0: out of the way on that and one. They're just and blasting. The Zach gets a rope.
2: And you could... You could can kick. Again, go with the toss, you could throw with court. your
0: arms. One over the west.
2: It, it's it. up to you, or you could just punt it. And but you got
0: a big I mean, boy like Zach Thornton firing a ball at you at that oh range, man. You're goodness. gonna you're gonna kill somebody. Oh, yeah, those teeth but, are gone. But let me tell you something. This looks
2: entertaining as heck. I would be totally down to see uh, Drake Calendar in one of these. But um, so this is a one that I didn't really remember existed. But when I saw this, I was like, man that looks pretty entertaining and i have one more to show you oh actually thornton this isn't one of the ones i was going to show but i'll throw it up there just cuz you brought up thornton that boy had a cannon they have a power one The see boy. who kick the hardest
0: that mercy. 82 miles per hour he kicked that 82 uh, that miles an hour is yeah But yeah, he was, this he is was the, the last one chicago fire back then yeah
2: there was one that was called rapid or uh, rapid fire and this one was my favorite you guys tell me if you wouldn't would mind seeing something like this. Up first
0: for Team USA, Ross Pauly, also from Colorado. They Taking just have Thomas in the, the ball
2: above the half circle.
0: Oh, he's got the
2: bonus. He's all over. And you just fire away with the goalie there, and as many as you can. And they have orange balls that count for, I guess, extra points. I would I like it completely. I would love to see something like this again. Now, I don't know what kind of skill challenges they have in the MLS All Star game now, but I would love to see something like this again.
0: And you could tell from that, from that, at the end of that image that they were at the ESPN uh, uh, in, Orlando. Or in Orlando. In Orlando, yeah. Which is yeah. where it usually is at.
1: Well, and,
2: and well, Danny well, you- before in years past, at least. Oh, in years past, yeah. All right so now moving on to current into miami stuff now that we had our our throwback fun uh drake calendar signed a new contract he is now signed through 2025 with an option for 2026. now drake calendar for me personally he came out of nowhere last year i i I wasn't expecting him to be as good as he was i thought marsman was going to be the guy all year long obviously everybody criticized his 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 uh, work with the, the ball at his feet, but he's been working on that. He hasn't looked as bad as my my understanding, at least from what Alex told us. Alex Windley was on with us a couple of weeks ago. He's looked better in the preseason. He looks good. I feel great knowing that we have him locked up until twenty twenty five. Did you expect anything from Drake last year, uh, Peter?
0: Yeah, well, they had high hopes for him. I mean, they said that he was you know a young player. They 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 obtained his rights his homegrown rights uh, out of California, I think. Um, So they had high hopes for him, but no, I mean, when I did see him play uh, the few times I was never, I was always nervous. He, he definitely grew a lot and grew fast, but it does remind me you're wearing the fusion shirt. It reminds me of Jeff Cassar, you know, being the starting goalkeeper for the Miami fusion. He gets injured. And then little Nicky Ramondo, and that's what uh, Ray Hudson used to call him, little Nicky. Little Nicky Ramondo, you know, takes it and he's short, you know, and, and he takes the job away from Jeff Cassar. Jeff Cassar was at that time a U.S. national team player, I think. And so he stole the job away from him. And, you know, Jeff bounced around the league a little bit after that and found he didn't last that much longer. So my question, it's flipping it a little bit is, yeah. Calendars. He's 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 doing great now. Why do we still have Marsman on the team? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Got to find a way to get rid of Marsman. And did you see that Vasco da Gama game? You want to talk about somebody being bad with their feet? Now I know it's preseason game. Well, but you play, know what?
2: I know what you. I know what you're going to say because Marsman's strength is supposed to be with his feet, and then Post he to. had that blunder with it right with his feet in that game. So, I get that it's preseason, but if that's your strong that's embarrassing that's your skill area right that's what you're where everybody's saying that this is what you have over Drake. you can't have those blunders preseason or not so I feel at that point you i mean you had already lost your job, but like you said i'm I'm surprised he's still on the team does he is he there the whole year? I don't know, but I I, I I mean this is obviously Drake's job to keep
0: yeah i agree and and in you know. The only way uh, Marsman gets on the field is if they need a rest calendar or he gets hurt. And there's more games this year so with the with League's Cup and all that. So he still has a chance to play. But I know some fans are frustrated when they see teams signing goalkeepers. And some of these goalkeepers are being signed from uh, within MLS. So they're yeah. moving from one MLS team to another. And they're like, what the heck? How do we still have Marsman? I assume... Chris Henderson is shopping him and that just nobody's buying. I mean, he's an expensive backup at this point. Yes. He is an expensive backup. I mean, at this point he's an
1: expensive backup. And I feel like maybe other teams are looking at other options and saying, I could probably get the same, the same value for a way cheaper price. So they end up going with another player. I mean, at this point and you brought up, you know, in the beginning, Drake calendar, you it's, you you saw him and it's it, it was kind of I mean you, it would make you know make you sort of think oh man I don't know like you said in the last year he really has matured in a rapid rate and and luckily his uh, his time playing has given him the the opportunity to get that experience and make the best out of that experience so
2: that's the one according thing to that Steve I for Munoz sure Marsman's still here because of his hot wife
0: so <laughs> I haven't maybe, seen her maybe that's. Maybe that's a but thing. Uh, just just a little more color to this. Marsman is making, last year, made over $587,000. Oh, my gosh. Isn't 612 for a DP? Isn't that? Yeah. So he's not DP. <laughs> he's Drake, not there yet. Drake made a measly $130,000. Now, we gosh. don't know what his new contract is. That won't get reported probably for another like six months or so on the yeah. MLSPA site, but um, yeah, what a what a disparity there. Yes, it's Drake huge. Time.
2: But like I said, Drake—at least for me—he came out of nowhere. I, I had heard about him, but I never
0: thought when he got that start last year, I was like, oh no. But remember, like, how, he how's this going to go? He didn't start and, and go gangbusters. He played a few yeah. random games. Some like mm-hmm. he played in the Open Cup games, for example. Right. He didn't start the season, even though Marsman was injured. Yeah, but when he did play, it was shaky. Yes. So he learned quick. He absorbed everything fast. Experience obviously was the key for him. And I, you know, I think the sky's the limit. I mean, I know that uh, um, you know Neville thinks he should be on the national team. He should have been ca- called into the January camp. So you know, you yeah, could it, see that. Maybe,
1: but but he also thinks that Robbie Robinson could be a, 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 a top notch <laughs> strike. And listen, I did a video on Robbie Robinson, Touché, so, so there's touche. no there's more pie in my face than anybody else's, but Mr. Glass that's what yes, we call Glass. him, Mr. Glass, yeah, because Mr. Glass he breathes on
0: him and he's got an injury. I think he's injured again, yeah, yeah he's made he out is, of paper machine hammies all over the place. And the thing with, with, with Robinson, he does have potential. He you does. see him at times. You're like, "Holy cow, this kid is getting better." In that Vasco da Gama game, when he came on, instantly he looked promising. He was attacking. He looked good. He couldn't even finish that game. Yeah,
2: yeah. I I I feel bad for the kid.
0: I did. Yeah, I did too. Because, like I said, I think he's hurt again. A minor. Well, not, I thought you were but... joking. No, and I think he. I well,
1: I don't think that he's hurt in the sense of like a couple games hurt. But I I, d- I did remember reading a report that he did pull like a muscle right in, in the last game. So I mean I don't know that that's ticky tacky. That's just like ah uh, everything's with okay. Him, He's though? fine with him. Well, that's the thing. That's, that's the scary part. Now you know talking about the games that these players have been playing in, and and we basically are talking about some of the concerns, right? So like what do you think peter is is the biggest concern going into the new season? I mean, we're still in preseason at this point, but sure. what what do you
0: think would be the biggest concern? the fact that we lost Pozuelo and and so we don't have anybody pulling the strings in that in that mm-hmm. that's I think our biggest concern. I know uh people are uh are excited about what Stefanelli can do there may be something yes. there uh, but we don't know. It's still a big question mark. So my my biggest concern is the fact that, you know, if it wasn't for Pizuelo, Iguain would not have had the year that he had. He was yeah. the missing ingredient. And the fact that we couldn't lock him down, and I get, well, maybe I don't get why. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> what they should have done, and I, and, and I know nobody here is really the biggest fan of Pizarro, what they should have done is use their buyout clause on Pizarro free cuz they could buy out one player a year buy out his yeah. contract free up that dp and give Pizuela the money that he really wanted he wanted dp money given that dp money i know we're still trying to hold on to a dp spot for potential messi and potential busquets or whatever but um you know they're using but, one uh, right now with with pizarro so i would have freed it up and given it to but Pezzuolo. that's what happens when you
2: when you have obviously you have wealthy owners but we don't have extremely wealthy owners. They're still trying to be careful with the money that they spend. They didn't want to just give up that money on, on the Pizarro buyout. Because if you have somebody like, for example, Steve Cohen, that just bought the Mets. He's constantly buying out players and just eating the, the, the money that, that it takes. And he doesn't think twice about it. When you have a an, just a disgustingly rich owner, there's certain <laughs> things you can do. But, you know, they're being more financially responsible. And they just didn't
0: want to eat that money. I don't – I mean – I don't know that could be, but I why think why else why else wouldn't they do it? I think the mosses are somewhat disgustingly rich, at least by our my standards. Kind <laughs> of oh, yeah. my, oh, yeah. my, well,
2: definitely by my standards,
0: but, <laughs> but but I mean I I think we're in a holding pattern because of messy. I yeah. think that's what it is. Oh, they don't sure. want the messy any, sweepstakes, they don't want to pull any big triggers until messy, and you know, I We've all heard the same reports, uh, you know that that uh, they're still talking to him, that he hasn't signed his contract with PSG, that he's, you know, that negotiations aren't going well, and we're still in it. So I think the the only problem is we need to find out whether this messy thing is going to happen soon, because we can't play this waiting game all season. They've, they, you know, you can't, you know, be held hostage for one player. They've got f- But if there's a player to be held hostage for.
2: It's sure it's Leonel Messi. Sure. So but uh so that's you your concern, wait? The number
0: 10. Do you want it? Do you want to wait though? Until until summer? I, well, I, summer's I, I fine. We it. gotta wait till summer. That's fine. Yeah. But look, do if, you want to wait next me, summer?
2: No, 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 no. We can't wait till next summer. Exactly. This summer coming up. If Messi doesn't, doesn't sign with us, we still have that DP spot. It's the transfer window in Europe. We have plenty of players to go after. So I, I don't think if we don't get Messi, we'll, we, we'll get somebody. We live, we're live in Miami. Who doesn't want to come here? Everybody in Europe loves Miami. Like, I don't think it's going to be, at least let, let me take that back, because I thought it wouldn't be hard to get anybody. All we, oh, we've gotten is EY. But I would hope, I would hope it's not too difficult to get a big name if Messi doesn't
0: come this summer. But that was the draw for keeping Pozuelo. We thought Pozuelo would stay and take less money, because his girlfriend's from here, and mm-hmm. he loves it here. The draw yeah. of Miami was enough for him to take less money, and we heard that he did wa- was willing to take less money, just not just not that much less, that, that much less, less. <laughs> yeah. whatever that was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: No, I, I get it. I get it. So yeah, my biggest uh, concern.
0: I think they. I think they've shored up the defense. Uh, at least we think. We don't know about Kristoff yeah. yet, but at all, uh, you know, everything we hear, he's great. Kristoff. Yeah. And, and Negri that we hear good things about. So uh, another person I wonder about, why the hell is Gibbs still on this team? He's taken up yes, a boatload of money role. as well. I depth, mean, because he could, we play, get rid of. He, could, he could
2: play left back and center back. So they're just keeping him for depth purposes, I'm assuming. Because you have Mabika, Sailor, and then I, I guess Gibbs would be the – the fifth center back if they ever need it injury and red card or whatnot i mean knows.
0: but you can have one of your younger players doing that you're spending three hundred and seventy-eight thousand dollars for a guy to play a couple of games a year
1: and last year watching gibbs and me as a new fan and just looking at fifa cards i was like oh this guy gibbs <laughs> right yeah. i'm like "We we got a good one here but then when i watch him on the field i'm like Wow, this guy is not he's,
2: good because he's older now.
0: He's, he's
1: older, not he's as older. good as his card says on FIFA. What's happening here?
0: <laughs> we didn't get that version of Gibbs. Yeah. no, just, no, we, just we, like with we, just like with Matuidi, we did not get the uh, Matuidi no. that, that Matuidi was, was very player.
2: disappointing. No, now. Matuidi was very disappointing when 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 he ended up just being the the mascot at Brightline. It was just very disappointing because I really wanted him to at least be on the field, like he could something but that was that was that was disappointing and the yeah. fact I'll, that our sanctions came from signing matuidi was like a, a double egg in the face
0: yep yep i
1: i just i was hurt by the fact that matuidi was a solid gold card in fifa and was a solid turd on the field yeah or not even on the field on the bright line tour yeah on the bright and line. then and then this guy gibbs had a special card on fifa and then I'm looking at him like, you got a special card on FIFA.
2: I don't know what you're doing, guy. And Grizz got paid in crypto now that Steve brings that up.
0: Yeah, he which did. Which is, which is, oof, that was a, a mistake. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I think so. It might have been just a, a tad bit. I think o- Odo Beckham did the same thing. Um, Chris, yeah, what's your biggest concern coming into this year? Uh, you know, the, it's the same thing as, as Peter
1: Brown said, you know, it's the, the, the midfield. I mean, you know, it, Stefanelli is mentioned to be sort of like this guy that could be, possibly be the, the person to sort of keep the glue in place. Um, I mean, I don't know enough to, to know whether he's going to be effective or not, but I've been hearing a lot of good things about that. Um, my biggest concern uh, other than than that is Bryce Duke uh you know how long getting playing time yeah i mean how long how long is bryce duke going to be playing the the second fiddle here in the midfield until he just gets fed up and says hey let me go and explore some options right i mean to me bryce duke is a player that i feel like we should do the same sort of deal with drake calendar invest in him give him some playing time give him some experience and eventually this is a kid that that may pan out to be uh, a focal piece in the in the team. I mean, I don't know. I don't
2: know if you agree with that, Danny. But that's what I, I, think. I do. I, I do. I, I'm trying to remember that Orlando game where we won four to one. I think Boswell didn't play that game, did he? Wasn't Bryce Duke running the ten that game?
1: I, I'm gonna I'm to gonna look, look that up. up now. But but
2: but, but, but look, Bryce but, Duke. No, I, I've thought has all this the, the skill set to run that number ten spot, and I'm surprised that he's been overlooked. Whether it be media members or absolutely anybody, even on Twitter, nobody's bringing up Bryce Duke, Bryce Duke playing the number ten role. And, and just I don't understand why, because I feel like he is made for that spot. He he can run the ten, uh, and maybe it's because he's been injured and he hasn't played much in the preseason. So maybe that's why he's being overlooked for the time being. But I think Bryce Duke is is the Drake calendar of our midfield kind of came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting too much. And when I saw him, I was like, this kid can ball. Let's get him on on the field a little more.
0: Well, he did get a lot of chances this last year before Pozuelo came in. But
2: before Pozuelo got there, for sure. What
0: are you saying, Chris? From what
1: I see here, uh, yeah, you're right. Pozuelo didn't play. um, And your boy, Indiana Vasilev, was actually seen as the midfielder.
2: The ten. Look, I know it's an unpopular decision, but I'll say it again. Even though it pisses people off, I'm glad Indiana's gone. I never liked Indiana. Oh well, too
0: bad. I agree, hundred percent.
2: Oh, there we go, Peter Brown. <laughs> I don't know why everybody's so obsessed with Indiana. Bastard! Up, he scored two goals in a span of ten minutes the whole season,
0: and everybody's in love with him for those two goals in those they, ten minutes. They were beautiful goals. He was he was better his first season with us than he was in the second season. You no, know, the Look, big I, difference.
2: I thought that he was great coming off as an energy guy off the bench. That, that that's when he was being effective in the first season, when he was coming off at a sub. This year he, he started a lot of games. I, look, I just I, I wasn't a big fan. That's just me though. Uh, they didn't have a lot my of biggest offense. concern. Yeah. My biggest concern uh this season is the fact that we have Joseph Martinez and Campana both playing on top. And I feel like it's almost necessary to play with both of them up top. Yeah. So if it's not working with Pizarro or Stefanelli or whoever it may be behind them, that we are so locked in on playing with two up top that we won't change the formation to go back to wings or to change to a, I don't know, a four two four or something. Like, I feel like I'm very worried that they're going to try to figure out how to make the two strikers work so much that we might kind of... uh we might default I don't know, to just that. Lock, lock, we, yeah, we might lock ourselves into that when we should be trying a different formation for the personnel that we have. Because we have good wings, we have Lasseter, we have Robert Morgan, uh, Robert Taylor. We have wings, but we're missing a ten for that four-four-two. And I'm kind of worried that without that ten, it's not going to work as well as we're hoping it will. And um, and th- that's that's my concern that that maybe that's not going to work out.
0: I'm excited uh, to see it. i my I love having two up top, um, or or three, like Steve Munoz is saying, I have a triple-headed monster. But uh, you know, I, I'm I'm not a fan of having just one forward up top. Uh, you know, so in this case, you've got you got someone like Campana that can hold the ball while Martinez runs off him, and he you know he, he gets it to him, or, or vice versa. But you know, Martinez is going to do a lot of holding. Um,
2: Iguain played the 10 a couple games last year when he would start with Campana. They weren't really playing
0: two up top. Iguain was kind of running the 10. I know. And I, I was sure that Iguain would end up being the 10 for longer periods of time. I thought that mm-hmm. was going before we got Pozuelo. I thought that mm-hmm. was going to be because you see that with older players, they gradually move backward in the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that's mm-hmm. what was going to happen. But Neville just said, nope, you're our goal scorer. We need you to stay up top as much as possible. Drop back once in a while, but you need to stay up top. And, but I, I, you know, I agree. He at times could, could you know, have some brilliant, you know, passes and unlock Campana and stuff like that. But, yeah, he's gone. But I'm excited to see what Campana and Martinez can do. As far as like, you know, holding midfielders, I mean, we have to hope that Stefanelli can do the job. You know, um, Jean uh coco did pretty good oh. in that in that preseason game i thought uh oh
2: chris hates him i'm sorry.
0: this guy <laughs> we this barely guy. saw him how can you hate that's him? what i that's played, exactly i'm right like here with you Peter. he played like 20 minutes last year
1: yeah if i that. mean he couldn't even he couldn't even get off the plane properly he got hurt right yeah. off the but right yet, off the but yet
2: you're making love videos for robbie robinson but uh, hating oh. on coco isn't it the same maybe thing?
1: i'm a little irrational okay all right i'll work on that
2: i'd say so i'd say so all right, so as we wind down here, Peter Brown, we got the season starts February 25th. We more or less know the roster now. We don't really know who's going to be starting in the midfield as far as the 10 or the 8. But we more or less know top front two, back four, goalie. How do you see this season playing out? What do you, one, what do you predict? And what are your expectations?
0: Well, expectations, playoffs. We have to okay. make the playoffs. But I, but I know Neville has said his, uh, he's hoping for the four seed. Yes, I don't know about that. I don't think we're that much better. Of course, I don't know. That's the problem. We don't know. I'm not in the media. I'm not watching Stefanelli play or Negri and things like that. But from what we've seen, I don't think they've improved the team that much. So maybe one spot better. Defensively,
2: we were improved a lot, I think. But
0: We think. I mean, have we? I mean, do do you even know
1: of this Ukrainian player, like if he's really going to be that guy? I mean, it's look, I mentioned in one of our episodes that this guy played his whole career in the the same league in in Ukraine, right? Uh, I mean, I don't know too much about soccer, but I I think if you're playing in your home country league, I, I don't know if that says too much in terms of like, what it is that you're you have to offer as a skilled player?
2: Maybe I'm well, wrong. Let, let me put this out there. Last year, we played the first half of the season essentially with no DPS. Iguain either played like shit, or he was benched. Matuidi was at the bright line, and who was the other one? And Pizarro was out and on loan. Pissarro was yeah, loan yeah. We we had no DPS on the field for us, and even with that. We were doing okay up until the halfway point of the season before Pozuelo got there, and then we really took off. So I think since we played decent, maybe not great, but decent with no DPs, now we're adding Joseph, which I know he's not. we're not paying him as a DP, but he's getting paid like a DP because Atlanta's paying that salary. So we have him as a DP. We have two DPs up
0: top, basically. But we have to hope that Martinez can find that old Martinez somewhere buried deep inside because he has been a shell of his former self the last couple years so there's there's a lot of unknowns i think if we are just slightly better than last year we see improvement and and that's that's a good thing you know but all these a lot of these people are playing for their contracts neville only has a one-year contract you know so you know he's got to show up
2: I, I really believe that 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 one year contract was done because look, Chris has been since the day he got that contract. I said that's a messy move. They want Messi to choose his manager, and they give Neville the one year so that Messi can choose whether they bring him back or he goes and brings Tata Martino or something.
0: But Messi's gonna come in here and he's gonna re, he's gonna say, oh, okay, I want this one manager that I've had somewhere in 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 Spain or something like that. This guy doesn't know anything about MLS quite often those kind of managers take a long time to acclimate to the league neville's taken quite a while to acclimate yeah. and more often than not they fail tata is one of the rare exceptions i think well, well that's
2: the thing though he 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 was with messi in barcelona and he's had success in atlanta so
0: oh so you're I thinking think we bring the- in tata himself okay i got gotcha. you yeah
2: yeah no if messi comes that that's who i would uh, i think we would get yes I think okay. that pe- people are looking at me
1: crazy when I say that I think Phil Neville's, Phil Neville's going to keep his job if we're like fourth or third seed or higher. Oh, like 100%. people are thinking no. that no matter what,
2: he's out of here. And I, I, mean, I don't believe no. that. No, if he if he ends up top four,
0: I think he earned to keep his job. He, he earned that right. Phil gets some unnecessary hatred. Yes, uh, I don't so. think he deserves it. This team is better than, yep. than, it was, than the team he inherited. So, you know, and I know we want to credit Chris Henderson for everything, but mm-hmm. Neville coaches cool. the players. Yes. He should get more credit than, than he, he is getting. Is he the cool. best? No. But he is an improvement. It, things are moving in the right direction. So if we, if we, you know, get one seed higher in the playoffs, I think he's back. Now, of course, if we get messy and he you know dictates I have to have my own manager, well they're gonna give him whatever the hell he wants. So they would yep, yeah. see you later, Neville.
2: Right. Um, last year, Inter ended up in the sixth seed, right? We ended up in the sixth seed, and ahead of us, Philadelphia, Montreal, New York City, New York Red Bulls, and Cincinnati. Now, when I look at this, Montreal and NYCFC have both at least Crumbled. most people would assume. They're gonna take a dip because they've lost, and and NYCFC has lost half their roster. Mm. So I think when you look at it along those lines, I mean I don't think those teams are gonna be better than us this year. So we could possibly move up. now. Of course, Orlando's gonna be better. I think a lot of people are underestimating Toronto. I think Toronto's gonna to be better. They got Sean Johnson now. They yeah. got uh. Uh, Insigne and, and Bernadette. I want to say his name is, I I forgot how to pronounce it. Three Italians. Yeah. So other teams have improved also, but I think Miami has a good spot, a chance to be the top four. And like Chris said, I think top four, top
0: three, you have to keep your job. If you're not. Yeah. Yeah. But they're not getting the top four because they're markedly better. And that's the problem is you get that top four. Now, all of a sudden you feel like see how much better we are. No, no, no. The competition was just worse.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah well a- another thing is we were a great home team we had 48 yeah. points of those 48 points 33 came from home games only 15 from road games if we're just marginally better on the road oh, we yeah. could have ended up with the top four seed we were only five points off of the fourth seed so yeah. it, it's just obviously we also won some late games that maybe we should have lost so i mean you can you can look at it in many ways but you know, I, I think that we have a chance at a top four if Joseph Martinez is who anywhere near what he was before, and Stefanelli can be halfway decent at the ten.
0: Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm I, everything you're saying. I just make I'm pumped for the season to start. I'll be there this weekend to see them play Austin. I assume you guys might be as well. Yes. I'm be there. So I, I am more excited for the beginning of the season than well, I was gonna say I feel like this every se- beginning of every season, but yeah. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. All right. Um, I have two quick questions.
2: One came from Steve that I wanted to ask both you guys. Uh, the new kits, more or less all of them leaked or released today.
0: Which one was your favorite? We can start off with you, Peter Brown. Which one was your favorite? Trying to remember back. I got one question though about the kits. What's up with all the kind of sublimation patterns that every team yeah. has to have? And it's gone nuts. I mean that <laughs> that Seattle Sounders kit is atrocious, and they generally have nice looking <laughs> wow. kit. I and know everybody loved that jersey.
2: Everybody I know it's
0: inspired it. by Bruce Lee, and it's blasphemous to dislike anything Bruce Lee related. But that is a disgust. That's an awful looking shirt. I don't wouldn't say disgusting. That's an awful looking shirt. I even but, thought it was weird because Yedlin
2: retweeted it and, and and put some fire emojis on
0: the Seattle Sounders one. It's because he likes Bruce Lee, and, and he and likes Seattle. Seattle. Well, yeah, that too. But I don't know. I think from top of my head, I mean you, you can't hate on the Atlanta because that's kind of just classic looking. Yeah. But as far as what more newer designs, I kind of like the Philadelphia Unions. That's the one I was gonna go with also. Cause they also stripped down their logo. And I thought yes, it was they got rid of the, the crest. It was just the snake. I was kind of cool. I would like to see us do something like that with just the herons. You know, you remove mm-hmm. everything else, you just have the herons like. Like one of my favorite t-shirts that I have is just got the Herons on the back of the shirt, you know, no other part of the logo. And I think it's cool. So I think maybe that one is my favorite. How about you guys?
1: Well, and the I, I really liked the NYCFC one because I think that the pattern that it has is sort of like the subway tiles. Yeah, uh, yeah
2: that's, but, what, that's what it is.
1: Yeah. And so that, that I thought was really, really
2: cool. That was really, really interesting. All right, so I had just one last question for you, Peter Brown. Me and Chris were having a debate earlier today. Well, first, let me, let me put this here. So Esteban Dito was asking if we're talking
1: football or egg ball tonight. And uh, this stems from after the Super Bowl when, of course, there was a game-winning field goal for the Chiefs to to win the Super Bowl against the Eagles. So go
2: ahead, Danny. All right, so they got into a back and forth about some stuff about field goals and penalties. But long story short, we got into a debate because Chris tried to tell me that making a field goal in the NFL is more difficult than making a penalty kick in soccer. I need you to settle this debate, Peter Brown. What is more difficult, making a field goal in the NFL or
0: making a penalty kick in soccer? I'd say a field goal. Oh, I think – Getting, listen, anybody can keep the ball on the ground, right? No, I'm not saying it's the easiest thing in the world because I've missed penalty kicks doing those like goofy things that you just like, you know, go up to a, as an adult. But yes. but getting the ball up in the air and getting that trajectory to go up, I think is probably harder than just rifling a ball to the to the left and getting the keeper go to the right. I'm not saying either one's easy. But, I, but I'm
2: yeah. not saying that for, for us. I'm saying for the professionals, the kicker has one job. He literally
0: kicks every day, all day. All you have well, to do is a specialist. be accurate and strong. But I think that ah. skill is probably harder than a penalty. That's just just purely but the, to block the skill. It is It is harder
1: to kick an egg ball <laughs> than it is to kick a circle ball.
0: Oh, you guys right? are
2: both crazy. Now, both crazy. now
1: the the one thing that I had mentioned to Danny and that I had mentioned on Twitter as well is that you have 11 people that are literally just drooling at the mouth wanting to block your field goal. And you have... Yeah, you have people blocking them. You have nine guys. One of them is a snapper which weighs like 100 pounds soaking wet because the All snapper right. doesn't do anything else except snap. That's his only job in the team. And then you got to hope that the holder, who is the punter, holds the egg ball, as Esteban says, right? Uh, good enough so the kicker can kick that egg ball, which is harder to kick, all the way like 30 yards over in between
2: the yellow posts. I could be wrong, but I doubt it. That, that's all I'm going to say on that one. All right, all right. So agree to disagree. Peter Brown we thank you for being gracious and giving us your time. Appreciate the history lesson on South Florida soccer supporters group and everything that you've done to help bring, uh, into Miami down to Miami. And yes. if you are listening or watching and you haven't watched it yet, football, Miami TV
0: Sundays at 7. PM. Yeah. Join us. We have a, a fun group of people that are checking in live every week and, we uh, we try to communicate with the uh, the chatters quite a bit. We also take calls, uh, uh, voicemails, if you, if you want to leave that. So we try to be a fairly interactive show. So yeah, join us 7 p.m. Sunday nights. And again, thank you very much for joining us, Chris. Do you have anything more for the people?
1: No, man. This was an amazing episode. And and again, I'll I'll say the same thing. Thank you so much for for being on, Peter. It was fantastic to 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 hear some of your insights, some of your experience, and yeah, don't forget to catch a show, guys, on Sunday. Football Miami TV. Find it on Twitter. Find it on YouTube, on Napster, whatever you need to find it on.
2: Peter Brown's been around so long; he still calls it Lockhart. I see you, Peter. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, if you're still listening all the way to the end, we appreciate you listening, and we'll catch you next week when we well, actually, we're actually going to have an official preview show. The next episode, and then uh, we'll talk to some people from Montreal so we can preview the, the game on Sunday. Oh, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday nights. Yes. All right, well, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week.